Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Truth, Justice, and the Podcast. As always, your host, Eduardo, here. And a very special guest today, uh, somebody who is a filmmaker in my city. And I'm very excited to talk with them about filmmaking, uh, what the pandemic has currently done to the state of the arts uh, right now, and just have a great discussion about film. Uh, and without further ado, Michael T. Uh, so, hey, so how's it going? It's going great. How about you tell the audience a little bit about who you are, what you do, uh, and just a introduction of yourself. All right. Uh, my name is Michael T. I'm a filmmaker, artist. I kind of do it all. I try to mission mash, do a bunch of stuff, but I really like making films. Uh, I'm from Lawrence, Massachusetts, and uh, um, it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you. Hey, yeah, we're talking. <laughs> now you went to the uh, you went to Lawrence Family Development Charter School, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I went there too. That's sort of how I was able to remember who you were. Um, about a year or two ago, I was at like this little film festival that was in Lawrence, um, and you had won like whatever the top prize of it was. Yeah, I remember that. It was um, I don't, I always get hazy. I think it was either the summer of 2016 or 2017. Yeah, I think it was but, 2017. Yeah. yeah, it was. I think it was 2016. That was a good year, so. Yeah. I, I think I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and I remember watching all the films and seeing your film, and I was like, oh, shoot. And then when you won, I remember being like, oh, I remember who this dude is. I was like, I uh, saw him around when I was in middle school, and it was interesting to see where you sort of ended up. Um, how did you sort of get into filmmaking? I'm very, I'm fascinated with people's stories about how they get into whatever their art is. Well, what happened with me was, uh, well, since you knew me from middle school, I didn't think in middle school I was going to get into film. Mm -hmm. I always, I always thought about like, I wasn't even thinking about my career that much. Then I went to like high school Mm -hmm. and I went to a vocational school and a vocational school is when you have shop one week and then school the other week. Yeah. So I was kind of just forced into picking what kind of career I wanted to take. And um, pretty much at first, I, I tried doing the construction shop thing, and I, I like, hated it. I didn't want to do it. <laughs> and, um, and then after having a conversation with somebody, I switched shops. I went to graphic design. And then that shop kind of had a lot of different options for you. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just did graphic design. I learned how to make shirts, learned how to print stuff on different material. And um, there was one class where they taught me Photoshop. And the one teacher was really invested into photography and um, videography. And he kind of got me my first job filming the basketball games for the school. Hmm. So it started off with me just holding a camera and then kind of just filming their games and then... They saw that I had this camera with me, and I guess I was just, I guess I just wanted to film stuff, and I just started off just filming my friends doing a bunch of ridiculous stuff around the streets. (laughs) 
usually how it starts. Like, yeah, we, we were basically just doing the things that people do now, like vlogs and stuff. Hmm. So yeah, that's pretty much how I started. And then uh, one day, there was this film festival. I got into editing, doing a bunch of edits for the school. And there was this film festival in one summer. And I wanted to enter a different video. And it was more of like me describing how it felt graduating high school. Like probably like two days after. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I did that. And here, here I am now. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Uh, awesome. So, so that's very interesting. So, s- sort of like me, I got into filmmaking also like kind of late, like by the time I was in high school. I think it took me to like my sophomore year of high school to realize that's what I wanted to do. Um, and that was just, and it was weird because I was always somebody who uh, loved watching movies. And like, I watched movies like Nobody's Business. And to this day, I'm still like, spend way too much time watching movies. But I did it a lot, <laughs> and I did it a lot in high school. And then it wasn't until I'd seen um, saw this movie Interstellar in the theater, and um, I just remember being like blown away and being like, "Oh, this is like what I want to do." But it was also weird because I had like I'd been making like little short films like my entire life, sort of. It was just never something I thought like, "Oh, I'm gonna make a career out of this." Yeah. It was just like a thing. It was just like my dad had like a little camera that like he just passed down to me and I just sort of started using it. And, um, and then once I got to high school, I was like, Oh, this is, this is what I should be doing because everything else seems pretty boring and kind of sucky. So I'd just rather not do that. Yeah. That's kind of crazy that you mentioned your dad passing down the camera. My dad actually bought me my first camera. Yeah. And, um, I and going back to the movie situation, I ended up after getting really into films mm-hmm. and um, making my first short film. I started making these little like little vlogs, and then I started doing the short films. And I met my friend Marcus, um, and very inspiring person. I, I should probably connect you to him soon. He's he's great, and, and um, me and him we've been working on stuff. He's helped me write more. I'm actually becoming more of a script writer myself. Nice. Um, learning a lot, and I've been watching a lot of movies, man. Like, honestly, you mentioned Interstellar. I'm kind of bummed out I never got to see it in theaters because I had to watch it on my like flat screen, and that movie was just nuts. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I'd seen it in IMAX, like, because the, I went to a theater a lot. Um, once I started getting into movies, and I saw that movie like four times in the theater, um, which is way too much money to have been spent on seeing a movie but <laughs> but i was like i was so down what did yeah, you dude i go huh? i go all the time to the movies i i have um i have the a-list thing yo same same yeah i'll go out when the theaters were open i would go like three times a week whenever i had the chance just to go see something new yeah i um i go to school in california and i have a friend who uh has a car and like every single time like every like every other week i'd be like yo we're going to the movies and we'll see like two movies together and then before i had left um i was in the movies like all like every weekend i was seeing two or three movies yeah that's crazy i was like i got i was like i'm there's i'm not gonna pass up an opportunity to go see tons of movies for only like 25 bucks a month it's like a 
theater at this point. Yeah. It sucks that it sucks that now during the pandemic, like they closed the theaters down and it's been like what three months since it, the last movie I saw was Onward in theaters. <laughs> and it was a great movie. Yeah. But and it kinda of bummed me out that they canceled a ton of like summer blockbusters. Yeah. Or, yeah, like, like moved them all. Like Yeah. It's crazy. I was looking forward to uh to Top Gun Maverick. Like Yeah. And then, and now they're like, it's coming out December 23rd. I'm like, bro, really? You're going to make me wait that long for this movie? Yeah, I wanted to watch, um, as, as bummed out as this sounds, I binge watched all the Bond movies, the ones with, um, Daniel Craig. Yeah. And, um. No Time to I, Die. The minute I binge watched them, the night, the, the next night after I finished the binge watch, they announced that they pushed it back to November. The worst day. Yeah. <laughs> I had the worst day that day. I was bummed out. I imagine that's like the biggest disappointment. Of those <laughs> of those Daniel Craig Bond movies, which one is your favorite? I love Skyfall. Skyfall is my favorite one. I agree. Sky- uh, Soulless. Soulless is really... Um, it was so, no, Casino Royale. Casino Royale, a lot of people love Casino Royale for how much that movie was because of the comeback. Yeah. But Skyfall to me felt like a huge reboot between those two movies because Soulless was kind of like alright like I didn't it was cool yeah uh, Skyfall the way they did that and then they had uh, Roger Deakins behind the camera doing yep. um, the, the director of photography that was just amazing to me and the amount of videos I've seen with the amount of shots he experimented in that yeah. was just nuts that movie that was the first Daniel Craig Bond movie I had no, no, that's a lie. Quantum of Solace was the first Bond movie I, from Daniel Craig I saw. But Skyfall was the first movie I ever owned on uh, DVD, like by myself. Oh, I, man. I bought Skyfall and The Dark Knight Rises. Those were my first two DVDs in my collection. And um, I remember popping in Skyfall because I had never seen it. And I remember when it came out and it was a big, big deal in the song or what, and whatever. And I remember when I first watched that movie and being like, yo, where have I been? I've been sleeping on James Bond my entire life. Like, yeah, I always thought James Bond was cool, but, like, Skyfall, like, blew it out of the water. That movie is ridiculous. Yeah, I still have to watch the other ones. Um, sooner or later, I'll get to it, but there's just so many movies I gotta watch. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. I feel yeah. you. It, that, that becomes one of the things when you get into being a movie watcher. Is that eventually you find out that that like the the whole of movies is so deep now that it's like how what what can like picking to choose something you're always gonna miss something that somebody loves like something people yeah. talk about all the time and you're like I just I'm just trying to watch stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to watch a ton of movies that all my friends just praise and love mm-hmm. just so I know how they feel when when um. Just so I know the same exact feelings they feel towards the movies. Yeah. And it's just a good feeling just to find out why someone loves these movies. And you kind of just get to see their feelings as you watch the movie and you wonder, oh, that's why they like the movie. And then you kind of, and I feel like with every movie, you kind of just get to know how, like, you kind of get to know your friends more with the kind of choices they enjoy watching. Yeah. Which is pretty cool to see. That's, that's why I really like watching these movies that i've never seen before yeah i agree i've definitely learned a lot about uh my friends uh whenever they recommend me movies and i decide to watch them and i was like oh okay 
and then and then you're like i'm like i i'm painting a, f- a fuller picture of who you are now uh, yeah. after having seen this i i can i can i can see why or the parts of the movie will like make you like realize things about your friends and you'll be like oh okay this yeah. n- knowing you this makes more sense um what have you been watching lately considering it's the pandemic so there's tons of time to watch stuff what are like the oh, last man. few things that you've watched I feel like I haven't watched enough, but every time I check my um my letterbox, have, do you use letterbox by any chance? I do not use letterbox. Um, I'm probably like the one person in the world who doesn't use letterbox. <laughs> like I haven't even looked at the website. Like I like I'm absolutely like out of the loop on it. You should definitely use. It. I use it because I like um. It sounds like an ad. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I use it. I, Use it because um, cause it, it helps me document like what kind of movies I've already seen. And in case if I forget, I could just go on there and check. Mm. But, um, but so far, like right now, I've been watching the Harry Potter series again. I haven't seen it since like I was a kid. But watching these movies now, you kind of get the gist of like how great they are. And I feel like... What, like um, the first and second movie, they feel so attached to each other, but then you watch the other ones and they feel so, like, different. And every time you watch them, it gives you... I, f- I feel like I love the other movies, like the the ones after the first two, a lot more than the first two. Hmm. And I'm just creating a ton of opinions that I never created when I watched them the first time as a kid. So it's kind of just fun doing that. And I and I absolutely missed the sixth movie, so like I never saw that, and I finally saw it like two days ago, and it was just incredible. Wow, I've never seen the Harry Potter movies. Really? And, and it's just like I never got around to it, and then like by the time I was even remotely interested, I sort of like like it, it, it like came and went. Um, so that's something I mean to get to. I definitely want to get to them because I know that. There's some, a lot of people have talked about how good, especially the later movies are uh, in that series. So I don't know. It's something, it's something that I'll have to get to at some point, but that's one of the many movie series that I've just slept on. Like you should definitely watch that. Those movies are something else. Like you really get, I feel like you really get dragged into the world. And sometimes there's moments where I watch the movie and I totally forget, like, what was I supposed to do today or something? Because <laughs> those movies, those movies are something else. Yeah, it looks like it looks like there's some really deep world building in those movies. And like I remember, yeah. like when I would see the trailers, uh, for especially for like seven and eight and stuff like that. For whatever the last two were, I don't remember what they were numbered, but I remember, uh, I remember just thinking, like, how did we even get this far into this? Like, I like. I was like, I didn't even remember, like, the last three Harry Potter movies even coming out. And I'm like, how are we even here? <laughs> yeah, it's so, crazy. Well, that's cool. So you've been watching the Harry Potter movies. Recently, I did, um, I just rewatched the entirety of True Detective Season 1. I don't know if you've ever seen True Detective. I've probably heard of it, but I've never, like, seen it. It's a HBO miniseries. It's, a. Uh, oh, I think I know. Um, this dude's in it. Uh, Ali, I think. Is he in it? Mahershala Ali, yeah, he's in season yes, three. I've heard of it. I've been wanting to see that. Yeah, you should you should watch it. I I um the first season is 
like the best season of the whole thing. Each season is a like its own contained story, so it follows different characters. Um, the first season's really amazing. The second season, everybody is like kind of mixed on. I I like it, and then the third season I also thought was pretty good uh, with Mahershala Ali. He's a, he's an incredible actor. I was really excited yeah. seeing him in the show. I loved him. I loved him in Moonlight. Moonlight. Yeah. Have, have you seen it yet? Yes, I love Moonlight. I saw that in theaters. Yeah. I actually just bought the um, A24 was releasing these books. They were like coffee table books. I oh, you got the screen them, the one. screenplay book things. Yeah, I just got one. Dang. I still have it beside my bed. I'm trying to read it, but like. I always like I'm always doing other stuff, but I'll read it soon. I want to get I want to get one of those. So I want to get all three because the only the three movies that they have are like The Witch, Ex Machina, Moonlight, and I love all of those movies. Um, yeah, I would love to sit there and just read, um, like what those scripts are because you know, like I mean, you know this because you write scripts. Like, you ever think about like what is this like supposed to feel or sound like? You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, I've had, um, mm-hmm. I recently had a friend, he sent me a script he just wrote, mm-hmm. and um, it was a weird approach, but I told him, like, oh, send me the script, and send me a playlist or an album that sounds like the script, and he sent me this this um, EP, I forget the name of it, but uh, it, was, it was a different experience, because I kind of saw the world he was trying to build, and the way you, de- and the way some writers describe the worlds they built. And then you add music on top of that. It's kind of incredible because you build these images in your head. And that's why I really, really love writing scripts or even reading them Mm -hmm. at most. I haven't, like, fully read. Like, it's weird because I don't read books like that. Like, like a regular book, I wouldn't read it. But then, like, if I see a script online or something, or, like, if I really love a movie, I'll go in and read the script for it. I feel you on that. Um... I totally get that. I actually had, like, I remember that when the Joker script uh, was available to download, I was reading some of that on the airplane ride uh, when I was coming back from California for, like, at the end of um, winter break. And I remember being like, why is this so much easier than reading anything else I've ever read in my entire life? Um, (laughs) and And I get your thing with the music. I totally understand that. Um, I'm writing a script right now that, um, I've been making a playlist for while I've been writing it, um, because I wanted it to sort of capture a certain moment in, or not moment, like a bunch of moments in time that I've, um, lived through and experienced. It's not about me, but it takes place in, you know, times that I've lived in like the early two thousands to like the late teens. And I've been like just compiling music that reminds me of those of those times in my life. And when I write, I listen to it, and I'm like, "Wow, this makes it like a lot easier to sort of get into the mood and like feel what I'm writing, as opposed to just sitting there looking at the words with absolutely no other senses working." Oh yeah, I feel that a hundred percent. I usually do that myself. Whenever I write a script, I'll end up. I'll end up making a playlist. I try to set a mood, and the minute I get the playlist done, I'll start writing. Like, if I have an idea, I try to pick and choose the songs and see what kind of story I can create. And I think it's a beautiful thing that music and writing go hand in hand. And even sometimes when I read, because I also read graphic novels, 
Mm. And I remember the last thing I read was, um, I think it was, it was Batman, and I forget what story it was, but it was a really, really, I remember it's a, it's a classic, like everybody talks about it, but I forget what it was. Like, I don't know, like off the top of my head, yeah. but while I was reading it, I kept listening to um, the Nolan trilogy score, oh. the one that Hans Zimmer put together, and it built, it built kind of like watching the panels. And reading it, it kind of built, like, this visual in my head. And it was just an amazing thing. And it, it's something I do just for my enjoyment. And I loved it. So it's great hearing that you also go through that approach, doing that while you write scripts. Yeah. I And I'm about to make totally make another connection. But that thing with the, with the Batman thing, I totally know what you're talking about um, in terms of, like, when you're reading the graphic novel and you sort of, I did that same thing when I read um, Batman Year One. Um, that's probably one of my favorite Batman stories of all time. And I listened to the soundtrack. I, I listened to the soundtrack of Batman Begins uh, when I was reading it because um, that was the graphic novel that Nolan had um, taken in the most inspiration from in terms of building the Batman Begins movie. And I just remember being like feeling all the feelings and being like, I get it now. I understand what all the hype was about this book and about that movie all at the same time. So yeah. good. What do you, what's your favorite uh, graphic novel that you think you've read? My favorite one. And also before I answer this, I remembered what Batman story I was reading. It was the long Halloween. Yes. I don't know if you've read that one. Yes. I love the long Halloween. Uh, I bought it after reading that, um, I bought it after reading the director that's doing the new Batman. He said, I think he said he was taking a lot of inspo from that. Oh, yeah, so Matt I Reeves. And I wanted to read it. Yeah. And Matt Reeves was taking a lot of inspo from it. And, um, yeah, I loved, I, I loved reading it. And it was just a great read. And you got to see all the characters and the story play out, which was amazing to me. That ending, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the ending. <laughs> that, that was, was nuts. nuts. But my favorite graphic novel that I've probably read, I've, I've had a couple. I, I mean, there's, I don't, like, off the top of my head for a go-to, that's tough. Like, I'd have to look into my collection, um, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, but... Um, I feel you. What, uh, are, what are a couple, then? <laughs> uh, I could probably say I loved reading Miles Morales' whole run. That mm. um, Bendis did. That oh. was that was a big. Oh, was that um, like, was that like Ultimate Spider-Man or whatever? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I lo- I read back in like high school. I read the beginning of how his story started. Like I found a blog and they posted like the order of reading it, mm. and I read it like from the minute Peter Parker died in Ultimate, and then they brought him in. Yeah. And I read all those books, and I just loved reading them. Like, that was probably one of the best runs I ever read. I could probably consider that my favorite. Mm. It, was, it was an amazing uh, run as a, as a whole story. That's pretty dope. I've never read the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. I remember I played the video game on, like, Nintendo DS, and I played it again on PS2. Um, I think that's it. I think that's the only, that's the only exposure yeah. I've ever had to the Ultimate Spider-Man comic books. I, I haven't fully read like Peter Parker's story. I only I only had the privilege of like reading 
the ending of his story and then them picking up with Miles. Mm. And I read all, all of Miles' stuff back in like high school, and that was really big for me. And then I could probably say another good recommendation. I enjoyed reading um the 52-issue run that Scott Snyder did for Batman. Ooh. I don't know if you've read that. I've... But that was... That was something big for me. I read all of those, and it was just an amazing ride and story. Yeah, I'm working on getting the funds to collect the rest of it because I've read Court of Owls and I've read City of Owls. Um, Scott Snyder is like my favorite comic book writer. So yeah, absolutely, I absolutely love that run. That that's one of my. I met um, I met uh, the who was it? it I met Greg. Um, oh wow. I met Greg at Comic Con, and I told him I told him that like it was an honor meeting him, and he was he was really humble. He was a great guy, and he he signed he signed like two of my books, which was great meeting him because I love his illustration and the way he drew boss that book is just yeah it's just nuts to me. I he, loved it. He's definitely also my favorite comic book artist. Like them as a team, like I was like, okay, this is it. Like it doesn't get better than this. Um, yeah, I had a friend who was really into comic books, and he. Um, he had gone to Comic-Con, and he'd met Greg Capullo, and he uh, he got a video of Greg Capullo say, like, sending me a little video message uh, because I couldn't be there, and I was oh, sad. Oh, so sick. Yeah, so I have, like, this video of Greg Capullo ta- like, s- sending me some sort of message of some sort, just talking to me for, like, a minute, That's and so it's pretty dope. cool. Um, wow. I think I'd probably have, for my favorites, since we're even talking about this anyway... I love, um, I don't know if you've ever read Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. Oh, man. That, that was a big one, too. That book is, like, that book is sick. I love, I've I've probably read it, like, maybe two or three times. I love that story so yeah. much. That was part of the reason why um, Ben Affleck was my favorite, is my favorite Batman of all the current Batmans that we've had. Uh, because because oh, yeah. he felt so much like the Frank Miller Batman, and I've read like the entirety of the uh, the whole Frank Miller Dark Knight universe books and everything like that because I love what he did. Um, I love Watchmen. That mo- that book is really incredible. I I just finished it two months ago. I think like right. I think it was like right at the beginning of quarantine. I finished it, and that was it was just a great book. That yeah. was an amazing book. Yeah, that book is epic. I really love... I think my favorite story by uh, Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo is Dark Knight's Metal. I haven't, I haven't read that one yet, but I want, I'll want. i get to it probably eventually. Yeah, I, I, I would recommend reading it because they're doing a new book. I don't know if you've heard. You probably have. Uh, the Dark Knight's Death Metal. And um, I'm really excited to see... To read that. And um, But yeah, Dark Knight's Metal was like a huge book for me. And I'm, I'm a big fan of characters like Wonder Woman too. So that book just and Hawk Girl and that their sort of Justice League that Scott Snyder had was sort of like the Justice League from the animated series. Um, so I really, really just enjoyed that story. But, uh, but I, I, I highly recommend reading Dark Knight's Metal and reading the uh, get like the four books, the like tie in books and stuff like that, because yeah. um, because there's a lot sort of going into it. <laughs> it's kind of like just hard to I'll, jump into. Yeah. That's a that's a good book. So, anyway, back to back to filmmaking though. Um, <laughs> before we go on like the longest comic book tangent of all time, I haven't talked comic books on this podcast in like literally almost a year. 
it's, been, it's been a while. It used to be like all comic books, and it like sl- very quickly slowed down um, and went into other things. But um, anyway, back to filmmaking though. What? So like when you're making films, I, I first I'd like to ask you to sort of go over what you've made, some of the stuff you're proud of, and then sort of like talk about like what do you like to explore when you're making movies. Uh, I'll probably start. Let's let's start with um. I, I could probably say that I did. I feel like with all my work, mm-hmm. I've done. I feel like I've done a lot of mashing and a lot of like good short films but the two projects i'm really proud of is these two short narratives that i wrote which was uh the boys will be boys and my second story erica i'm really proud of those because it kind of fits into like this little universe that i've created Hmm. almost and um and i'm kind of glad that i was able to assemble that movie with an amazing team and it felt probably like the most realist project that I've done, almost. And even those two projects, being able to um, assemble a crew for the first time and having an executive producer and being introduced to so many things that I wasn't used to, it was great. And I, I feel like at that very moment in time, when I was doing those projects, I realized that, like, yeah, I want this to be the career that I want to go towards to. And I noticed how much effort and how focused I get when I get into making these projects. And it's kind of like I'm seeing a whole different person out of me working. And mm-hmm. I don't see it as a bad thing. I see it more as like a as like a beautiful thing because it's crazy how the minute I'm on a set, my whole mind shifts and it'll be just me excited. And I'm not scared to try new things and i'm not afraid for um any ideas being left out and i'm i just love it i love the whole field i love the sets i love creating these stories that people can go watch over and over again and feel things that's why i do films honestly but yeah wow that's pretty cool um Real quick, before I forget, I gotta ask you this question because we mentioned music and script writing earlier. Have you seen the A twenty four movie Waves? Yes, I have. I saw it in theaters uh, with uh, like a couple, a group of friends of mine, and honestly, it wasn't like it wasn't the best movie to go see with friends. Cause <laughs> when you go out, when you go out with friends, you're expecting like a really great night and a good a good movie but the way the movie turned out to be it was kind of just us just shocked in theaters <laughs> but um yeah i actually ended up buying the movie on blu-ray and watching the the um q a's and i was just trying to figure out how how did they even do those like 360 cam shots yeah those things were nuts i saw the movie in theaters with a friend and we didn't really that's the thing about Waves. Like, if you saw the trailer, you really don't know what to expect, right? Exactly. You're just kind of like some sort of family drama is about to happen. And then, like, you spend the first, like, hour of that movie, like, having a panic attack. <laughs> Yo, hell yeah. 
and then the whole last half of the movie is like a cool down like okay we put you through enough let's just sort of chill out for a little bit let's sort of like let you guys not leave the theater like wanting to jump off a building um but yeah that i remember trey edward schultz he talked a lot about how uh that music was very integral to sort of creating that story and i thought what was really funny about the press for that movie is that a lot of people um were like waves is basically a musical because <laughs> because <laughs> because of, yeah because of how many songs were in it and how like integral the songs were to telling the story they were like yeah. this, this movie's basically a musical um you know it's funny he said he had mentioned that he uh he he want he would love to do a a kanye biopic i would love i feel like that that would be he was like the number one person i feel like who would, to make that movie there was a there was a scene in the movie where um where one where the character has a like really flipped out moment and they picked the perfect song for it it was um uh tyler's uh the the tyler creator track if oh, you remember which one movie. which one was it um it was the uh, I, I fucking hate you but i love you song oh my gosh yeah i know what you're talking about that scene was yeah. th- that whole like portion of the movie where we see his like full breakdown and like how that all ends up going that was that was just an intense moment yeah for me the whole movie it it almost felt like it was it almost felt like i was watching someone else's um spotify playlist come to life <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a that's like a perfect description actually but yeah i i I think it was just it, it was it was kind of just that just watching someone's Spotify playlist come to life, and it was cool to see because it's something that it, it's a cool idea, like diving into a movie like that, and even a cool concept if you think about it. Yeah. And and um and I actually um saw the comparisons for Waves how they compared it to um Euphoria. Oh and, yeah. Um, and the cool part about it now is that uh, the the guy that starred in Waves he's he's get, he's um starring in Euphoria now. I heard he's going to be cast in season two. That'll be pretty awesome. Yeah, when I saw that, I was excited for him because yeah, he, he'd fit perfectly right in with that cast. He totally would. And Euphoria is such a great show. I'm amazing show. Yeah, Sam Levinson. Have you seen Sam Levinson's movie Assassination Nation? I've seen it. Yeah, I've seen it twice. I think it was. That movie's crazy, too. That movie, I was like, what am I watching right now? That movie, I was like, I was so not prepared for what I got, but I loved it every second of it. I I actually read, um, I think it leaked, but I read I read the script for um, the first episode of Euphoria, and it was like, completely different from how um, the first episode went down. Really? And there was a lot of things it revealed, and it was, it was a great read for me. Like, I was enjoying reading it as a fan of the show, and the way he kind of like picks and chooses the songs he wants for the show it's kind of cool like he's he's like like when i read it he was like a total pop head like there was a, a ton of like pop songs on there and it was great yeah he he's working on like a different level than, than like yeah. any other filmmaker when you think but of- he's, he's he's great because the way i see it i feel like he loves taking risks and seeing these um clips of how they go about building these sets for mm, euphoria yeah. it's crazy 
Yeah, he's definitely. That's one of the things I definitely appreciate about what Euphoria did, and even what Assassination Nation did, uh, with Sam Levinson just as a creator. Like, you don't see anything like that, and he's yeah. not scared to sort of be like, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it different and bigger and weirder than anybody's ever done it. But I'm going to, but it's gonna make sense. You just have to trust me. You just have to trust me on this ride. Yeah, exactly. And I love that. Um, what are some of your, when you're making films, What wh- what's inspired you both in life and in sort of art and creative and creativity? What what sort of inspires you when you're making films? Honestly, a lot of conversations I have with people. Hmm. And um, the music I listen to. And I'll watch films and just be amazed at them. And pretty much just those three things. And I feel like those three things kind of just keep me moving. And I feel like there's always a story that needs to be told, which I also feel like making these short films, I can create like a memory bank Mm. almost. And some of these stories I can just create and feel like, oh, I did this short film and now I remember a time in my life. Like with Boys Will Be Boys. That film, I did that one because I played football for like two years in high school. And anytime I go back to that film, it reminded me of, the, of, the, of like those times back in high school playing football for those two years and those emotions and feelings I felt at the time, too. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. That's pretty cool. So, I guess... What what are you? Because you mentioned that you got into editing. What do you use to edit? I used to use Final Cut Pro, mm. and it was because I was on a Mac, and I didn't have access to Premiere. But now I use Premiere because now I have access to it thanks to like college and um, a ton of uh, discounts. Yeah, <laughs> so, I tell you. Um, so now I use Premiere. I was scared to use Premiere at first, and it was a scary interface, and it scared the life out of me. But I, I got used to it, and I adjusted because it's a standard. Like, a ton of people used Premiere. And yeah. for the first narrative we did, um, when we did Boys Will Be Boys, we went back and forth on Final Cut and Premiere, and it was a headache. So, <laughs> um, so after we did that film it was obvious that the next one we were just going to strictly use Premiere. So um, the second narrative short, we did Erica all on Premiere, and it was a blessing because it wasn't as hard as it was for the first one. I feel you on uh, Premiere. I started using, I used Premiere and, uh, you know, all that stuff, like the whole creative cloud. I started using Premiere because I was at, I interned as a video editor at my church. And um, the the main, the production director, he used um, Premiere. So I basically spent like two summers just like learning Premiere and how it works and stuff like that. And then uh, when I went to school, um, I went to community college. I think it was like my second year there. I, I had a job and I started and I just like bought like a yearly student thing. And I've been using it ever since to make stuff. So That's- that's so dope. Yeah, it's a very, very good program. Um, 
it's 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 nice that something like that can exist uh for like consumers because it definitely has removed the like detachment uh from the consumer to like make stuff you know what i mean yeah definitely yeah i feel like a lot of times um like making a movie can seem like super like so out there but once you like really dig into like a pro- any program even like even the simplest editing programs once you start like just learning things and trying things like it sort of demystifies what it means to like sort of make a movie yeah and i feel like during these um i feel like now with how everything's going and even in the time we're in it's way easier for people to uh make projects you know like mm-hmm. there's so many other third applications third party applications there's a ton of like, I, I totally, I feel confident enough in saying that, that someone can make a whole short film on Instagram or even TikTok if they wanted to. Yep. I'm totally... Which is just crazy. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I've been thinking that, like, as a, a even a possibility for, like, a couple of years. Just, like, you can... Anything is sort of possible now with the way media and not only social media, but just creative media in general is sort of structured. Uh, exactly. We live in a very, we live in a very, very beautiful time because making things has never been more accessible to people. Yeah, exactly. And even now in Hollywood, they're they're using they're using iPhones to shoot films when the budget's not there, which is crazy. Yeah, and it's like that shows you how far freaking cell phone cameras have come since way back when. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big insp- That was a, that was a big inspiration for me too when I heard that you can use iPhones for, like, Hollywood films. Mm-hmm. I, I started using my phone for everything. Yeah, it'll get you hyped, because then you're like, oh, shoot, I already have the tool. You're like, yeah. I don't need I don't need these $100,000 cameras anymore. I don't need I don't need exactly. to go buy an Ari Alexa. I can just, I got it all right here in my hand. Even though, of course, I would love to own one. Yep, yep, there's no, <laughs> I will never deny uh, a red or an Alexa. <laughs> I'm just saying, if I have to use my phone, it's possible. Um, I'm going to ask you, okay, so what, are you working on anything now? Anything thinking about releasing during quarantine, for quarantine, the end of quarantine? Uh, I actually, I just finished doing this music video because I took adventure of making music at one point hmm. in my life. So I'm actually releasing this music video soon. Um, I don't know what day yet. I just I just posted something about it yesterday. I saw. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know when I'm gonna release it yet. There's no date, but it's gonna come out soon. And um, I really experimented with this one due to the fact that I was really limited with going outside and I couldn't shoot. And I think a lot of people are gonna appreciate it. Nice, nice. Um. I guess as we're as we're wrapping this up, hard question, really hard question. What is your favorite movie? Ooh. Damn. This is the one question I ask every guest on this show. <laughs> Honestly, um, I'm gonna have to go with Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Wow, very unexpected guest. <laughs> that movie, Edgar Wright, one of my favorite directors of all time. That movie, the cast, the amount of effort that was put into doing those shots. And I always tell people that, like, 
I, I personally feel like I can never do something as great as that movie. And just for the simple fact of how amazing the soundtrack is and how well done the story is, I can watch that movie a hundred times and never get tired of it. And I know a ton of people that I put onto this movie, they're just like, oh, whatever, it's just a, another movie. Oh, well, okay. But to me, it's just, there's just so much layers to that movie. And every time I watch it, there's something new I learn. And I just heard that this year, it was like the 10th anniversary, and they were going to release it in theaters um, again in April. <laughs> we see how that turned out. And not April, but August, I meant. They were going to release it in Adobe, and I got super excited, but due to the circumstances coming on right now, we don't even know if we're going to get that. Yeah, uh, It was exactly. just awesome hearing that because I would love to watch it in theaters. I never had the chance to. And if that ever happens, it would be like one of those things off the bucket list that you can scratch. Yeah, I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that for sure. Um, I feel like one of my favorite re-release moments that I've ever had was I got to see Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey in IMAX. Um, oh, man. That I, I, I watched it at home. <laughs> yeah, I was um, I'd seen it before, and I love that movie. That's probably my favorite Kubrick movie. And I remember when they were doing the re-release, I like I told my friend, uh, I had a friend with a car, and I told her I was like, we have to go see this. Like, we're not gonna not see this movie. Like, we have to go. You have to take me. <laughs> and then uh, and we went, and it just. It blew my mind getting to see it on a screen like that with the amazing sound that IMAX has and stuff like that. Second, slightly easier question. What was your favorite movie of 2019? Because that was a historically good year for movies this decade. 2019 was, I'll be honest, I think I saw almost every single movie that was out that year. I was really in the theaters that year. And um, it it was a blessing to witness. And I, that was probably, I think that was my first year, like, getting into, like, the award races. Like, I never paid attention to them, but this time I really did. And it was it was cool to see, like, all these movies win awards. Yeah. But I think my favorite one of last year had to be Parasite. It wow. just had to be. Wow. Parasite was just absolutely amazing. I had to go to Boston to go see it, because they, they, didn't, they didn't show it in, um... They didn't show it in Methuen oh, really? for, like, for like a month and a half. Like After its release, it was still in Boston, but they didn't show it in Methuen until like a month and a half after it came out. Wow. I feel that. I can I can be down with that. I have to rewatch Parasite. Um, I only saw it once when I saw it in the theaters, and then that was it. Uh, I think my favorite movie of last year... My favorite movie of last year was Joker, but it took until like March for me to have that opinion. Um, uh, before then, it was Uncut Gems. That was my favorite Uncut movie. Uncut Gems was amazing too. That that movie uh, was just awesome. It was like Uncut Gems and The Irishman. It was like one A and one B. Those are my, those were like my go to favorites. But then I watched Joker, like two, two more times, um, because I had bought it, and then I and I was like, oh no, it's got to be Joker. It's got to be Joker. My favorite thing about the Joker movie is the costume design. The way they it's made wild. his costume is probably one of my favorite. I think it's probably my favorite Joker costume. Just just for the simple fact of the use of color and the way they painted his face, it was completely different from how it usually it usually looks. But it the colors just popped out of it. I 
Yeah, I feel that. I love I love just um just how everything in that movie is designed and looks like uh like early eighties New York, late seventies New York. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. I love even, um even from the intro, they changed the whole Warner Brothers. Intro. Yeah, yeah, they used the old one. I loved all of that so much. Uh that that movie was that movie was a real treat. I got to see that in IMAX too. That was wild. That was a wild watch in IMAX. Um, uh, I saw it on Dolby, and the score sounded absolutely nuts. Ro and Hilder Goodnatier, whatever the heck her last name is, won the, the, <laughs> won the Oscar. No disrespect, but, no disrespect, but you have a hard amazing. name. <laughs> yeah, when she won the Oscar for best original score for that movie, I was like, hail to the gods! She that, was, it. That, was, that was that was yeah, that was the best score of that the whole was year. The one. That was that was the best score of the whole year by far. Um, yeah, I saw. Um, also, Little Woman. Little Woman really didn't get that much, like, it didn't get the amount of appreciation it deserved. And even I agree. the fact that they even shot that movie here in Lawrence. Yeah. They shot the beginning in Lawrence, and I remember seeing it in theaters, and I had just goosebumps from head to toe the minute I saw, um, the minute I saw the, I don't know how to say her name right, Cersei, I think? Sersha. So, Sersha. Sersha, yeah. The minute I saw her, um, running down um essex street that just gave me chills because it's like wow they really came down here to do that yeah i i love the i love that uh greta gerwig really like cared about coming to massachusetts to make to film that movie i actually just yeah. recently just recently i visited the, the uh louisa may alcott house uh so i got to see where the author of little women wrote little women uh which was that really so cool dope. yeah i love that movie and uh yeah well thank you for being on the show uh, Michael, I really, really appreciate it. Thank where you. can oh, uh, where can people find you uh, to keep up with you and what you're doing? Uh, you guys can follow me on uh, Instagram, Kool Aid Poppin Poppy. I don't know if you guys could just spell that out. I'll put it in the description. <laughs> yeah, the long one. Yeah. But uh, I, I had it. I didn't change it because. It's been, I've had that name for like years. I tried changing it once and it felt weird, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. And, uh, you hit me with some links to your, uh, to your short films. I want, I want to see them because I've seen one of them because I, I've had him shared with me. And I remember a couple of years back, I watched one and I thought it was really interesting. Uh, but I'm due for a refresh on your film. All right. So definitely. I'll send you the two new ones that, um, I just did. I'll send you those ones over. For sure. Yeah, I would love to I would yeah. love to see them. I love supporting other filmmakers, especially ones that are local in the city, because I know how I know how hard it is to get going in, in the scene. So Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well thank you, man. Uh thank you. And thank you listeners for listening to this episode. And we'll, yeah. I'll see you guys again in another episode with another guest. So adios everybody. <laughs>